For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth that they had faith in you. And you You are now locked into the latest edition of the Hey! It's a Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Presented by RotoFanatic.com. Go to RotoFanatic today and check out Michael Richards' latest articles on the top 20 prospects for each team in the AL East, Central, and West. All at RotoFanatic.com. It's episode 116. Today, your hosts, Christopher Deary and Michael Gobier, are stoked. They've got one of the best dudes in the business. He's the master over at Baseball HQ, along with Brent Hershey. He knows data. He knows how to handle a baseball team. And he's got a great sense of humor. One of the sharpest tongues in the business is on today's show. That's right. It's Ray Murphy. Today, Ray and the boys are going to break down fantasy baseball like nobody's business. But first, first pitch, Arizona style, is coming to Arizona very soon. October 14th through 17th, to be specific. You can purchase your exclusive access to the event at BaseballHQ.com. And if you use the code PALAZZO, two L's, two Z's, you can save $80 on registration right now at BaseballHQ.com. Ray Murphy is a fun guy, and he knows what it takes to be a winner. We here at the Plaza Podcast are all about giving you the best opportunity to win your fantasy leagues. And we're going to talk about some of the lessons we learned from 2021. We'll play the game that everybody loves. Name that runner-up, bit. Is today the day that somebody guesses a number on the nose? You're just going to have to wait to find out. And we'll go into Enrico's Inquisition to discover what makes Ray Murphy tick. This is going to be a news even episode, so make sure you're strapped in, fully prepared for madness, and have a good sense of humor to boot. Take it away, boys! And like that, we are back, like the sands of yesteryear. These are the days of our lives. Also known as the Heads, Rico Palazzo, Fantasy Baseball Podcast, presented by RotoFanatic.com. I am Michael Govier, at MJ Govier, on Twitter. Christopher Deary, my partner in crime, my buddy, my pal, my birthday buddy. It's our birthday month, Chris. See Deary1999 on Twitter. Wish him a happy birthday on August 22nd. <laughs> yeah, we got three weeks, buddy. Big 4-1. <laughs> oh, Kids these days. Yeah, hey, and that voice right there is the sexy voice of today's guest. He's come along for the journey on the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's, of course, on Twitter. He's known as Ray. He's connected with Baseball HQ, a fine website, one of the finest. Utah, give me two. Yes, thank you, Gary. One of the finest websites in the business. 
a really cool guy. I'm glad to get to know him tonight on the show. We're going we'll to, I think we will talk about first pitch Arizona coming up this fall. I'm sure Ray will talk about that briefly. Baseball HQ, Ray Murphy, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for the invite, Michael. Chris, look, this is going to be a lot of fun. Glad to be here. Appreciate the chance to talk about first pitch and the dog days of August. And uh, let's get rolling. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, my graphic guy really, he put, I didn't ask for the specific dogs. He just threw some random dogs on the graphic. So I hope that you guys like those dogs. Hey, dogs. <laughs> dogs Bring are em. cool. You like them. Mike Carter. Mike Carter's on vacation. What are you doing here, Mike? Great to see you, buddy. He says, <laughs> hey, hey, guys, what's up, Ray? Personal greeting. I'm trying to figure out how to type type to him. Hi, Mike. How are you? There it is. Yeah, I control all that. So just all verbally right. say I'll just like shout that. out then. That's good. <laughs> yeah, he can hear you. It's fantastic. Mike, uh, I don't know what you're doing. You're on vacation, dude. You should go enjoy your life. Get away from baseball. But baseball is a 24-hour day, seven day, 24 hours a day, seven day a week business from what I hear. Grind, Ray, grind is the word you're looking for. Uh, that's right. Grinding it out. Ray, uh, what do you love about baseball more than anything? Oh, man. I don't even know where to start. You know, it's funny. I did a oh, podcast. Boy. I did a podcast a couple months ago with um, these two random hipster doofus guys whose name of their show I forget, but they were like, <laughs> t- they were non-baseball people, like, and their their theme was, they like, they, they, in their podcast, they immersed themselves in something they know nothing about, and oh. they and they brought me on as their, you know, expert witness, right, to talk about all things baseball, and that was the first question they asked me, and I gave them some rambling, like, 10-minute answer that I think caused people to turn off their podcast players, so... Uh, well, why don't we just play that? <laughs> can we get that cut from the podcast, and I'll play yeah, that. Yeah, let me go borrow it from the three people who listened to that one, and we can pull it in here. Uh, you know, I'm a mix of the stats and the numbers and the fathers and sons and, and you know, greenfields of the mind and all that sort of stuff. I, I come at it from all angles. Green fields of the mines. That sounds intense. What is that, dearie? Oh, you're not familiar? (laughs) (laughs) Green fields of the the mind is um, a poem written by former commissioner A. Bartlett Giamatti uh, that talks about how baseball mirrors, the baseball season mirrors the calendar year. And like, you know, it starts out with like, you know, it starts out with spring and hope and, you know, it guides you through the summer and then you get to the fall and it starts to get cold. And when you leave it the most, it leaves you. It's like the it's the it's the most sappy sentimental thing ever, and you know it's like my go to reference for you know the, the the schmaltzy you know nostalgia apple pie and baseball kind of thing. <laughs> it's the second week in a row we've talked about Giamatti here. We were oh, talking wow, a couple yeah. weeks ago about how different the league may have been if he could have hung on and uh, Boy, hung on that job. That is a fun. That's exactly what we said, right? Yeah, that is weird that you brought that up. I said I was clarifying because he's like, yeah, Bart Giamatti, you know. He bans Pete Rose and he dies, and that's it. It's like, geez, he hardly was commissioner at all. It's, I really would have liked to have seen this league with him in control and not the last Vincent, real but, you know. independent empowered commissioner. Yes, yes, that's thirty years. Yeah, thirty-two yeah. years, crazy. Anyways, that's good stuff. See, now we learned something from Ray Murphy on the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by RoadFanatic.com. I say it like that every time because that's what you do when you host a show. I am Michael Govia. He's Christopher Deary. He's Ray Murphy. We're going to talk baseball, fantasy baseball. We're going to talk about people, you know, who play the game and what they do on the field and how those results can impact your fantasy squad. That's how this works generally. And we're going to talk about the trade deadline. We'll get our, we'll go over our favorite deals, the ones we like the most for each of us. We'll talk about the CBA. Yes, 
I know you don't want to talk about it. Nobody wants to. Everybody wants to ignore the CBA, but it's coming around the corner. Like uh, she's coming around the mountain. It's uh, inevitable. Ray, are you excited for the CBA negotiations? Oh, holy hell no. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Damn! Yeah, nobody is. That's the truth. Uh, I have a feeling that reason will not prevail. Oh, I put the wrong button. God damn it. I got too many buttons, Ray, already. Look at that. And reason will prevail. Reason will prevail. Reason will not prevail. Uh, then we'll talk with Ray about his own experiences. We ask him dumb shit. That's what we do sometimes. And we'll name that runner-up fab bit. It's a fun game. It's a great time. And we'll close it with some lessons from 2021. What we've learned this year is we hit August. We got about 60 days left in the season, which ends, I think, on October 3rd officially. So we're like right there. This is the final 60 days. Basically, an entire 2020 season, if you want to put it like that. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll talk about all that stuff here and more. And I cannot wait to do it with Ray Murphy. Good stuff here. Good times, noodle salad. Let's get into Ray's overall approach here. Ray, you work at Baseball HQ. You're one of the you're one of the dudes there, man. I mean, people respect you. They have a lot of respect for you. And I've gotten to know you a little bit recently. And that's why we're doing this show, so I can get to know you even further what do we need to know about Ray, the baseball HQ world? And you can talk about first pitch, too, if you want. I'm really excited about it. I signed up yesterday. I'm officially going. Uh, I, I got to book my that. flight, but I'm going. I'm definitely going. I'll be there. It's just a matter of getting my girlfriend who lives in Canada to go with me to get on the same flight. So we're still working that out, but it's going to happen. Wait, uh, Mike, I, you're you're, you're going to fly, Mike? Oh, <laughs> bye. Here we go. I get, in your, get, get in your car and start driving now, Mike. You're not going to fly. <laughs> Ray, that's my friend. He knows me well. Well, I see. Yeah, I've already got a bad flight story for Arizona, and it's already, it's already, we, we haven't even gotten there yet, and I'm already mad at my airline, so let's uh, not go there. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, the first pitch, uh, I mean, your baseball HQ, what do you do there? What's your What do you do? So I am the co-general manager of baseball HQ uh, with my good friend and partner, Brent Hershey. Uh, we sort of run the day-to-day operation of the site. You know, we've got a team of you know like many of the fantasy sites we've got dozens and dozens of writers but brent and i are the you know sort of full-time employees sort of you know gluing together the network if you will brent tends to focus more on the uh content and written articles and books construction side and i'm the data and stats and projections and spreadsheets guy uh that's kind of how we divide up the work uh but you know we've we've been working together for in the neighborhood of 20 years now. I started at Baseball HQ in 1999. Brent wow. actually beat me. He got hired in 1998, I believe, by Ron Chandler, who, of course, started Baseball HQ and the Baseball Forecaster and still, con- <laughs> still contributes to uh, the book and is a you know, close industry colleague of ours. But you know, Brent and I have worked together for a very long time now, and now you know, we run the day-to-day uh, – operations at a site. One of the things we do is we put on live conferences when there are not global pandemics going on. Uh, so <laughs> it's funny, we actually had uh, our inaugural inaugural edition of First Pitch Florida back in the first weekend of March 2020, right before the world ended. I was actually talking to <laughs> one of my hotel reps today, uh, you know, who we coordinate these things with. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's funny. It was like March 1st of 2020. And I remember flying to Florida and people were talking like, are you going to wear a mask on a plane? What do you think? Like, should we do that? And we were also stupid, right? <laughs> yep. what, did, what did we know? Yeah. I mean, you guys were right there when it was getting going, we spring were, training. We were teetering on the brink. And now, you know, we're coming out to the other side and we're having, uh, we're getting back to Arizona for First Pitch Arizona, which is an event that Baseball HQ has been running for 
you know, 25, 26 years now uh, when pandemics really? don't, inter don't interrupt that it. Long? Yeah. The first if, true story, actually, the first time they put that together was in 1993 wow. because the fantasy baseball guys thought it would be a good idea to go see Michael Jordan play baseball. <laughs> that was amazing. the impetus of it it's like we, we need to put together like a junket so we could go out all watch michael jordan play baseball let's go and they had like you know the, the, the legend goes they had like 12 industry writers and like eight people pay to go wow <laughs> it's grown That's quite a fantastic. bit from there <laughs> yeah, yeah i would it, imagine so yes yeah so now it's uh you know a couple hundred people every year it's become sort of a fantasy baseball you know industry event for the writers on various sites or whatever it's a big networking opportunity sort of within the industry but it's a great opportunity for the uh for john q public to come out and you know rub elbows with uh with people and you know sit next to michael govier at a you know sparsely attended arizona fall league game and uh <laughs> you know throw popcorn at his wife one row in front of them or something like that you know the, yeah. all of these things are possible uh, I will so, allow that completely, by the way. Anyone wants to hold Ray to that? You'll notice I, I did not ask permission. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Because that's how you do it. You just do it. Go first, ask permission later, right? Exactly. Uh, so it's October 14th to 17th this year. I'm wearing my first pitch T-shirt from a uh, some prior year or other tonight to plug it. Uh, and details are at baseballhq.com. There's a big old first pitch Arizona logo on the right side of the homepage where you can click for more details. I even have a special offer for your listeners, Michael. So what? Uh, yesterday was actually our uh, early bird deadline. It was our best price deadline, 299 bucks for the weekend. Uh, this morning when I woke up, the first thing I did was I raised the price to $399 uh, as we get closer to the event. I've got a coupon code, Palazzo, with two L's and two Z's because I know how to spell, damn it. Uh, <laughs> That's so good. And Utah, give me two. And, and two, uh, two L's and two Z's properly spelled will knock uh, a whole 80 bucks off your registration. They'll knock it back down to 319. So that is available to your listeners to uh, jump on and take advantage of uh, over the next couple of weeks if they decide they want to jump in. Yes. That's I'm awesome, Ray. I'm That's great stuff. I'm going to be there. So you guys want to hang That's out right. in real life. All you Palazzo pals, people we've done this show with for – over a year now, we're going to finally meet in person. So if you want to come down there, not just me, there's way cooler people than me. They're going to blow me out of the water. Get your ass to Mars. Go to BaseballHQ.com. Sign up. Get out there. You're going to get a ton of great, elite, unique, and fun opportunities thrown your way. I know it. I've heard the stories. I've heard it endlessly through the whole pandemic, and now I'm finally <laughs> going to live it. I'm finally going to live it. I'm very excited for that. It's awesome. It's, you know, the, the, the best way I can describe it, it's just like it's an immersive fantasy baseball experience, right? It's like you eat, drink, and sleep it for, you know, three, four days. There there might be a little poker playing at night. There might be a little uh, – uh, last time there was a uh, Tecmo Bowl tournament, you know. So I mean, maybe not – you know, maybe, maybe it's only 98% baseball, but, you know, it's mostly baseball with a little bit of Tecmo Bowl and poker thrown in. Tecmo Bowl, right? Deary and I, yeah, we would love to play Tecmo Bowl. I know that for sure. Super Tecmo Bowl, the original Tecmo Bowl, by the way. I uh, I believe it's the original. I, I, I actually there was going to be a tournament, and um, I missed the. Uh, I actually missed the last uh, first pitch Arizona for family reasons. Uh, the, the only one I had missed in forever. So I actually haven't been out there since 2018. But uh, 2019 was when the uh, Tecmo Bowl tournament happened. I think I was I was actually in training and everything, and I didn't go. 
Um, word on the street is Derek Van Riper's the one to beat, but uh, that's not, <laughs> not first-hand information. Start talking like said, trash now to DVR. <laughs> yeah, DVR, you know, man of many talents. DVR, I'm coming for you. I'm ready. Tech Bowl, RBI Baseball 3, whatever it takes, I'll play it. I will Ooh, win. RBI Baseball 3. I, I may have yeah. to nominate that, yeah. That's totally. a great call. Uh, baseball stars is also a fun one. Uh, that's a little yeah. more involved. Yeah. You got to build a roster, and yeah. we don't have time for that. So. That's tough on a weekend, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so how was uh, Arizona Fall League, Mike? Well, you know, we started a baseball stars franchise, and we just couldn't get out of the hotel room. I'm sorry. It's just how it goes. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, it's actually kind of funny because one of the things we were waiting for when we announced that we were actually doing the conference this year, we were actually actually waiting for them to, you know, announce there was going to be an Arizona Fall League, you know, details, right? Uh, <laughs> which they did announce. Um, there was some fine print when they announced it a couple of weeks ago, though, that said, like, you know, fans in the stands will be determined at a later date. Um, so it would be really annoying on the one hand if we went out there and, like, there were no Arizona Fall League games. But to your point – now maybe we'll have time for the RBI tournament or the baseball stars <laughs> roster building. Conference. Everyone's going to be stuck in yeah. their rooms. Or the 128 team double elimination Tecmo Bowl route <laughs> tournament. That sounds amazing. Like that, so. <laughs> Point being, I'm going either way. I'm going to be just fine. <laughs> Damn right. I'm with you. It's going to be a good time. Uh, Deary's the master, by the way, of putting together the double elimination bracket. He's the whiteboard. <laughs> oh. He's known as our whiteboard. We all have life skills. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's an important one. That's like second, third line of the resume, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been able to transfer it to a career at all, but uh, yes, I am the game master. Uh, he certainly is, my friends. And we're here with live with Ray Murphy. I am Michael Gobier. We're going to talk about business here, cover a few business topics, and move forward. First pitch, Arizona. Get on there, baseballhq.com. That's part of the business. Go there. Easy website to remember, baseballhq.com. I had a subscription myself there earlier this year. I do admit I canceled it, Ray. No secret there. I loved it, though. I just couldn't afford it, another one. It was not your fault. The, the content was awesome. Ryan Talk to Bluefield me afterwards. Stuff. We'll copy it. Hey, bye! Ryan Bluefield stuff's great. I love Ryan. We've had him on the show. And there's tons of really great articles for your fab stuff, uh, divisional focus, so many, so many things. So I, I, I really... Really strongly recommend it. I also bought the uh, the thing. What's the thing that you guys the connect? Forecaster. Yes. No, I did not. Uh, oh. I've never actually bought the Forecaster. I think it's great. I, oh, I know that okay. uh, Rob D. Pietro swears by it. Swears by it. He loves it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people swear by he it. He can afford it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So very, after winning overall in the DC, he can definitely yeah. afford it. But what I meant is, uh, I bought the thing that Vlad Sedler recommended, the draft companion that you can build. Your oh, Rotolab. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's so I bought Rotolab and I Roto did all that. Off. Yeah. Yes. And that's connected through Baseball HQs with yep. Ron's that runs with our projections. projections. It's desktop yeah. draft day software. Yeah, they're a partner of ours. Merv, who runs that, is the world's most patient human and best customer service rep ever. Um, I Mer- yeah, I, Mer- I, Mer- never. <laughs> true, true story. I will not draft a team until Rotolab is released every year. I. I just can't. It, my brain doesn't work that way. I'm like one with the computer. And when Rotolab yes. comes out, I'm like, all right, let's get down to business. I'd never had it before. And now I'm thinking I'm going to be like you. It really helped me organize things and follow my draft more clearly and organize how I wanted to do my. You can do your own projections. You can create a lot of models and stuff. It's totally. so much fun. Uh, Deary, I'm going to show you that, too, because it was really a lot of fun. And 
Yeah, I remember you talking about it. It sounds like right up my alley, especially it was only like, like, with yeah. the little algorithms you can create and stuff. So it sounds phenomenal. But I love what Ray said. He will not draft a team until he has this. Smart, too, because that means you won't get caught up in the January bull. You know, or, or I don't know when it comes out <laughs> well, officially. But. You know, here's the downside. I've actually gotten to the point where like I work so closely with Merv that like I can actually beat a, pre- a pre-release copy out of him. So inevitably, <laughs> like 10 days before he's ready to release, I'm like, all right, Merv, I can't wait any longer. What do you got, man? <laughs> and he like hooks me up. So I'm like, nice. Now I know I've made it in the industry. I can get Merv to like generate a you know, bootleg copy of Roto Lab for me. Ray, well when does he typically uh, release it? Uh, it's g- generally Martin Luther King weekend is his target. It's okay. uh, you know January 20, 22, somewhere in there, uh, which you know is kind of arbitrary. But you know for draft, if you want to be getting serious about drafting, it's actually a pretty good time. So. Hell yes, it is, and it's also very reasonably priced too. It wasn't expensive, so yeah, sure check even it out. cheaper. Yeah, you know, with through Baseball HQ, you know, he has a discounted rate for our subscribers, and that's what it comes I got. with our projections. So yeah, you get the the piggyback on that. Yeah, yeah, I bought the sub and then I bought Rotolab. It all works out, guys. So this has officially become the Baseball HQ podcast. We're here for all your needs. I don't work there, but I love supporting stuff that's good. If it doesn't do the job, I will just say it doesn't. So I would never lie to you guys. I only push the stuff that's legit. So thumbs up to Ray, thumbs up to the good stuff and the good people at Baseball HQ. Also want to say thank you to all of our followers. We got a ton of them. I can't name them all here. Richard Hockey. Hockey? H-A-A-K-E. Thank you, Richard, for following us. James Shiano, uh, Pinoy King, Jason Downing. Do you know Jason Downing, dude? Jason Downing. Sounds familiar. Yes. That sounds, I thought maybe you knew him. He looked like he had some Ann Arbor ties, but I don't know if that's oh. true. Possibly. Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, Lee, L-E-H, uh, Neatcast, the Neatcast is following us, David is following us, David could be anyone, the Hit Squad, <laughs> and Cruz Cub Scouts, we have a Cub Scout troop following us now, so that's cool, I guess, uh, yeah, Cub Scouts are welcome here, and the big one, Deary, uh, I didn't tell you about this, this is a big reveal, very, very exciting, I got in touch with the real Mark Holton, the guy, the guy who says in the naked gun, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo, that guy. I got, we're going to interview him. He agreed to serious? it two hours ago. We had a conversation. As far as I know, it's this him. Is- he, he has, <laughs> I don't care if it's him or not. This is he only has 14 followers. So what? I'm like, is this, is this him? 14 followers. But it says the real Mark Holton. And he responded like genuinely and kindly. So I don't know if we're getting punked or catfished. It could blow up in my face. But as of now, the real Mark Holton has agreed to do a recorded video interview oh, sometime wow. here in the near future. Exciting. That's wow. Which is like, yeah. <laughs> Ray, this is like. I am floored. I mean, this is big full, stuff. Full circle. I mean, this is the. Hey, it's oh Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're going to have the guy that says that. I mean, it's so cool. That guy right there in the lower part of your screen in the blue. He's not that blue, by the way. He's just a regular white guy, but. Yeah. Uh, very excited about it. He's also what, in team What, what if he doesn't know it's two L's and two Z's? He's got to. He's got to know. Yeah, I, I want to ask him questions about Teen Wolf. <laughs> if, yeah, he's in Teen Wolf. He's in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I got a lot of questions on he why he was in that starting lineup in that squad. Chubbs was not the ball player. <laughs> yeah, his character's name was Chubbs, too, by the way, which is weird. Uh, if he's in Pee Wee's Big Adventure as well, he, he wants the bike from Pee Wee. Uh, he's in the League of Our Own, but he plays the adult version of You're Gonna Lose. But he plays the adult version of uh, Stillwell later in that movie. Uh, yeah, it sounds awesome. I really Why? hope this is real. <laughs> yeah, very exciting you for just us. Set yourself up for heartbreak here. 
<laughs> I've never been catfished, so let's make it happen. Might as well get it over now. If, I, if anyone's going to catfish me, it might as well be Mark Holton or the fake Mark Holton. At any rate, looking forward to that. It's going to be awesome, dearie. We're going to do that soon. Stay tuned. Everybody that loves the Palazzo Podcast, you'll find out all about it as soon as we do. Now, having said that, why don't we get into leading off? All right, and leading off, we start off with our catch of the day. Our first catch of the day. Today, Ray... Do you want to talk about Dalton Varsho? Because I swear to God, I did not type this in here, but you did. Is that true? <laughs> that was me. I was just brainstorming topics. Feel free to overrule. But, but you know, you, 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 type, you give me an open document, that's what you're going to get. You typed it in, though, right? I did. Deary, I swear to God, I did not do this. <laughs> uh, Mike so is I'll, the leader of the Darsh, D- Dalton Varsho. Oh, man, I was looking for an impartial right audience. I, you know, I guess I did not. I guess I'm still looking last for, week. <laughs> I guess I'm still looking for an impartial audience. Sorry. Go ahead, right. my friend. Lay no, no. You me. did it last week. But we'll, give me another one. Okay. All right. That's fine. Uh, hmm. Deary, you got somebody who uh, you want to talk about recently? Somebody who's been doing what well. We usually talk about people who are playing well that have lit the world on fire. And over the last three days, I'll... I'll if you don't have someone, I'll go, dear. But go ahead. All right, go ahead. Uh, Brennan Rogers. Sure. Brennan, Brennan Rogers has turned it on recently. He's shown power and he hit four home runs in his last seven games, at least through Sunday. And Garrett Hampson has not been playing much at all. He's definitely taking control of the job out there. He's not showing any speed whatsoever. I do admit that. But the pop is there. He plays in cores. We all know what cores can do for a player. We've seen it a million times over. I'm a fan. I'm excited. Coors. Ray, Brendan Rodgers, are you a fan? I've wanted to be a fan for a long time, and to your point, he's starting to maybe finally give us a reason. Here, Here's the big news. The four home runs you gave in the last week, all on the road. Now yes. he's coming Now he's coming back home for a seven-game homestand. I want to see what uh, what can happen here. There was a um, – might have been the last time the Rocks had a seven-game homestand from Sunday to Monday all in one fantasy week where I sort of took a stand and said – damn it, this is the week CJ, CJ Cron gets going or I'm cutting him. And he went <laughs> off for like five home runs that week. I'm, you know, let's put the same hex on Brandon Rogers this week. He's got to, he's got to carry it over, bring it home. And let's see what, let's see what happens in thin air. And let's, let's make it eight home runs in, in two weeks. And then we can really get excited. That sounds like a lot of fun. Deary, Brandon Rogers in or out. I'm in. I mean, he's finally getting the playing time. He's on an eight-game hit streak right now. Guy's only 24 years old. I mean, we've talked about in the past what goes on with the Rockies. They, you know, they play these young guys and then they pull them back. They trade for some veterans to come in. They're going back and forth between AAA and the majors. But uh, I think it's time for everyone to take notice here that Rodgers is up. He's starting to hit the ball real well. And I love what Ray said. He got those home runs away from Coors. Be really interesting to see what happens here in the offseason. I don't think Story's coming back. So it's going to be a youth movement here in Colorado. And uh, I think in Dynasty has a, some real good value. And Redraft will be really interesting to see where he goes next year. Uh, he's played. He's got 205 plate appearances. No reason he shouldn't be getting a ton more plate appearances by the end of the season. I need to go on record that it's not a youth movement in Colorado until something changes there. We need more evidence. I'm not, I'm not ruling out that Chris Owings could be the shortstop next year if story leaves. And, <laughs> and he's still buried Brendan Rodgers here. <laughs> Chris Owings. Coors. God damn it, man. All right, fine. That's true. Jeff Burdick is gone, but there's still some remnants. I was going to say, let's see how they turn over the front office and maybe I could drop all of my, uh, my Colorado comments. 
Let's bring yeah. Blackman back for four more years. <laughs> they, didn't tra- they didn't trade anybody. We'll talk trade about the anybody. trade deadline. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. But yes, that's so obvious. So I mean, no, the story deal was all the rage, and it never happened. But all these other crazy deals happened. They couldn't do a single deal, even for a closer. Like they couldn't get. Okay, whatever. Who cares? They're morons. Their diarrhea. Jeff Burdich's diarrhea has been left all over the front office there, and it's not my fault. I didn't do it, so I just call it. I could see him. Uh, Ray, I am a fan of other players, too. So real quickly in this spotlight, I want to get your thoughts on Jose Barrios going to Toronto now. Is this exciting for you or are you never have you never been a Barrios guy? Because some people and I know one of them in particular, my friend Paul Mamino, who's a great guy. Love Paul. He's the best. But he says Barrios is perennially overhyped. He's in Toronto now. Is this good news? Oh, it's great news. I think, you know, there's probably... You know, the park factor move isn't great, right? And the AL Central to AL East move isn't great from, uh, you know, it's going to be mildly bad news for his ratios. But the that massive offense behind him and the you know, the wins potential and the better bullpen behind him now at Toronto has fortified that. All good news. I'm I'm a Barrios believer. I, you know, he tortured me for a while there in 17, 18, and 19. I can understand why people got off him. But, you know, when that velocity jumped in the short season last year, I got back on that bandwagon. He's held that this year. You know, I, I, I buy it. I buy that he's, you know, I don't think he's a DeGrom Cole level, but I think he's a 3-5 ERA, maybe, you know, a tick under that workhorse type who can give you the, you know, in this age where you can't find the 200 innings, 200 strikeout guys. I think he could be that. And, you know, that's immensely, immensely valuable the way pitchers are used these days. Deary, I... I, you like Barrios, but I do. you're not in love with him. Uh, I have him in a couple leagues. Uh, I absolutely love this trade for Toronto. I was hoping that they would go out and get kind of that top-of-the-line starter. And it's really good because Minnesota got some good prospects in return. And the, the big talk and, and chatter on Twitter and all the social media sites this past week is that the Twins got more for Barrios than the Dodgers uh, gave away to get those two superstars. But, yeah, I, I love Barrios. He's it's just consistency over the last three years. I mean, he just puts up a three and a half ERA. will strike out a bunch of guys. His walk rate has been a career best this year. So uh, he, and what's great uh, with him being in Toronto is they got another year of control for him with him. It's not just a rental. He'll be there next year. They're starting to build something real nice. They got Ryu there for a few more years. Uh, Alec Manoa has showed a lot of really nice stuff. So, and obviously that offense is just going to be absolutely killer in the future. So they kind of got their top of the line one, two with uh, Rio and Barrios. So uh, I, I, I like what the Blue Jays did in this deal. And uh, I, I think Barrios is going to be real nice down the stretch for a team that is going to be fighting to get into the playoffs here. Hmm. Okay. There it is. This is the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Michael Govier. He's Christopher Deary. That's Ray Murphy. By the way, Ray, what is that code for people who want to save about, was it about 70 bucks off? 80 it bucks it off? was 80 or, bucks. The code's Palazzo. Two L's, two Z's. Palazzo at checkout. Palazzo. Awesome. Thank you. Letting you guys know, new viewers on the scene here. You guys could be there with me and Ray. Deary would be there in spirit, but we're going to have a great time at First Pitch. Arizona Fall League, October 14th through 17th. It's going to be awesome. Going to talk to people in real life, real conversations, face-to-face, socially distanced if you prefer. But either way, you'll be close to me. And you can hear me from way, like way back here. You can always hear me. I'm very loud. Trade deadline. Ooh. Who had 
who had the deal that blew you away, right? What your favorite, you could tell me your personal favorite deal or your overall the best deal, even if you didn't love the team or you're not a big fan of the players. So go ahead, take it in any direction. I want to know what Ray Murphy thinks of the trade deadline. I love that Marte Luzardo deal between the Marlins and A's just from the challenge aspect of it. It's like, you know, both teams like being bold and doing what they needed to do. The A's, I, you know, it seems to indicate that they're somewhat down on Luzardo or maybe they just, you decided to spend the one chip rather than, you know, clean out the entire farm system. Right. But that's mm-hmm. that's the kind of piece in Lizardo you usually don't get for a rental. You don't you, you see those guys that you know near ready top minor league starting pitcher going for the guys who have multiple years of control. But the A's put him on the table because he wasn't helping them win. Now he was actually helping them lose right now. You know the last time we saw him in an A's uniform, and Kim Ng jumps in and says, "Yeah, I'll take that." And you know this Marlins organization. You look at that pitching staff and you look at how they have been optimizing their young arms. And, I'm, you know, I I was actually a little surprised they threw Guzardo right in the rotation because I thought they might send him to the minors and, you know, give him the, uh, you know, open up the hood and uh, run him through the car wash kind of treatment or something. You know, rework <laughs> this or that or the arm angle or the grip on a slider or what have you. But they threw him right out there and he was, he was competent the other night. I'm not sure it's going to last this year, but I love what can happen, you know, for him in 2022 and going forward. I think it's fantastic. And, you know, I just loved it from, uh, you know, both sides being bold and not being, uh, okay, here's a guy you heard of for four guys. You won't hear their name again for three years kind of deal. It's, you know, guys on both sides of the deal who I have an opinion about, you know. The great Ben Reich panic of 2021. <laughs> Ray, do you think that Lazardo struggled due to the gunk being taken out of the game at all? I th- well, he was struggling it, before that. We we know he got I was gonna say, he, that, he, his so. struggles predated that, right? Uh, yeah. but, you know, I don't know whether there was a physical issue there. And, you know, he was really kind of never right from right from the get go. I think he was. He, didn't he miss some time in spring training this year and was behind and kind of never got straightened out? You know, I don't know if he was rushing back or uh, you know the late starts in the minor league season. It's just all so damn screwy. Nobody can you know. That's one of the things about this year. We can't put, we can't attach a root cause to anything. We got we got a <laughs> pandemic. We got you know slippery baseballs. We got you know rules changing in midseason. You know who the crap knows what's going on out there. God only knows, as the Beach Boys said. I have no clue. I really don't. But I still find it interesting, and it's speculative. I get it. But I'm down. I want to talk about it a little bit. The gunk oh, yeah. in the game was a big deal. We th- we saw Kyle Schwarber. The gunk left the game, and he took over the world. <laughs> you know? Yep. I don't think it was a coincidence. I really don't. It- Lazardo's long gone now. He's no longer there. That one is long gone. And I think it's exciting for the Marlins. Uh, Deary, what was your trade that you thought was just fantastic? You loved it. I mean, I'll talk more about the deadline in a second, but give me your favorite trade. Yeah, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, just – because I really needed this guy to heat up. And he started heating up a little bit when he was uh, with the Cubbies in the last week and a half. And it was Anthony Rizzo. He's hit two home runs since he's gone to New York. When that lineup is healthy, Gliber's starting to come around. Gary Sanchez obviously has his struggles here and there. But, I mean, the Yankees are going to try to go on a run here. I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think just getting Andrew Haney is going to put you over the top when you're chasing two really good teams. Then you got the Blue Jays right on their backs too. But I think fantasy-wise, I think Anthony Rizzo is going to be an absolute stud here down the stretch. The deal that I think is the best deal in terms of Major League Baseball for a team that really has set themselves up 
to go on a run here is probably Craig Kimbrell going to the White Sox. I mean, you got Kimbrell and Hendricks coming out of that pen. Now, there's going to be a little bit of, you know, nervousness because Kimbrell is a type of guy that likes defined roles. And I don't know what LaRusa is going to do, whether he's going to stick with Hendricks being the, the main guy in the ninth and Kimbrell might be in the eighth, or it's just going to be a fluid situation and play matchups here. But I mean, it's going to be really, really tough to score some runs against the White Sox. We all knew that Kimbrell was going to get traded. It was something that we all thought about when we drafted Kimbrell and he's been an absolute superstar stud for uh, you know, for the Cubbies out, 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 out in uh, the National League, and now him being out here in um, Chicago is just going to be absolute elite. Uh, if you're in a saves holds league, the same town. Is, <laughs> you made it sound like it was in two different worlds. <laughs> I, for some reason, I couldn't figure out like where he went to. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. He 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 just he's just taking a little train ride. But uh, north if you're side sa- of the south side. If yes. you're in a, yeah, if you're in a saves hold holds league, like having that combo of Hendricks and Kimbrel is absolutely elite. I'm trying to scoop up Kimbrel in my Caper Nine league right now, where I also have Hendricks, kind of piggyback on both those guys. But uh, it's going to be a really really important down the stretch with Craig Kimbrel coming out of the pen for the White Sox. What did you, what did you have? A few drinks this morning. <laughs> No, not uh, yet. <laughs> I, I think you did, didn't you? No, oh, it's too early. Come on, it's only ten o'clock. Is your trade deadline passed yet in your home league, dearie? No, it's this week. Oh my gosh, I wish that was the case. In my home league, the trade deadline was <laughs> it was Friday. Friday. It's a sun- it wasn't it's even a the Sunday. weekend. A trade deadline in a fantasy league should always be Sunday night at the end of a week. In my world, where there's trades in a Go league. Sun. Yes, thank you, Ray. Thank you. It should not be on Friday. It should always be at the end of the week. Even if Major League Baseball has a trade deadline, doesn't mean you have to have yours on that Friday. You can have it on the Sunday night so we can all see the trades, make a final approach, and close out a week. Bush League, in my opinion. Weird. I'll give you one exception. Okay. One exception is if your trade deadline is in person and you're all, like, at the bar and the trade deadline is when we all walk out of the bar, then, you know, (laughs) if that's a a Tuesday, (laughs) that's fine. That's a great idea. Sure. You want another shot at Jameson before we make this deal? Exactly. <laughs> I like it, Ray. I like the way you think. I think we're going to have a good time together. I would, I'm so, so bummed that I missed the trade deadline. Being on this trip in Georgia was great. My nephew's birthday. Happy birthday, Nick. Nine years old. Woohoo! It was great. He had a lot of fun. We got a guitar. He had the first guitar ever. Hopefully, he never plays it and it just disappears into a closet. Never to be seen again. Uh, actually, I hope he plays it a lot. But that's usually what happens with these things. I've seen it happen before. At any rate, I missed the deadline of all deadlines, dearie. It's unbelievable. And we could have done a show about it. Uh, God. Ray, I want to ask you first. Is this the wildest deadline you've ever seen? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Every time I ask somebody that question, that's exactly what they say. I was hoping for. Go ahead. Come on. Elaborate, please. Like, I, I was working my day job, and I was annoyed that, like, the deadline was Friday because I'm like, why did we move this from Saturday to Friday? If it was Saturday, I could have marinated it all day. As it was, every time I refreshed trade rumors coming out of a meeting, it was like, holy crap, five more trades. What's going on here? <laughs> it was just out of control. It was, you know, a fire hose that I could not keep up with, but, you know, it made me wish that I was in college or, you know, somehow other – doing other things with my life so I could have just, you know, bathed in it because it was just that much fun. That's how they felt. Yeah, it must have been very exciting. Uh, Deary, I was in Georgia, and I was very busy that day. We went to the beach at Hilton Head Island, so it was a busy day and on Thursday. Then Friday, where it closes out, was the actual birthday party 
So you can't, I couldn't even like, children, when you dedicate your time to kids, you cannot, you can't look at your phone or anything. Like if you're really interacting with like a nine-year, especially a kid, a boy, an eight or nine-year-old boy, he's very active. He wants to wrestle nonstop. He wants to do everything nonstop. Jump on the trampoline in 108 degree. Have I mentioned that I have nine-year-old twin girls? No, 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 see? Preach. Go on. Yeah, you, you can you tell me everything that I need. I don't need to tell you, frankly. You do not need ah. to tell me. Good Lord. Uh, but, yeah, I just. Think about it this way, Mike. So if your phone's away and you have no idea what's going on, it doesn't matter when you get this news, like whether you get it Friday in the middle of the night or you get it Saturday. I almost texted you because I, I, I sensed through your tweets that you were starting to get it, get a little aggravated that you weren't back in Michigan and doing pods and all that. And I, I wanted to text you to say, Mike, just enjoy your vacation, man. It's well-earned. Enjoy yourself. So it's not like you really missed out on a bunch. Sure, a lot of stuff happened, but what, whenever you get the news is the first time you hear the news, so it doesn't matter. You're not even talking about the NBA draft. Our Pistons had the number one overall pick, and I completely missed the draft. I didn't even know what yeah, happened but you already, until the next You already week. knew who they were taking, so that didn't matter. I didn't know that for sure. There's a lot of rumors. I uh, I don't know. Ray, are you an NBA guy at all? Or no? Oh, like 2% of what I am for baseball. Two <laughs> percent. That's like so. That's ninety-eight less. Actually, is that yes. you're saying? And <laughs> I, and the NFL is ninety-nine percent less. So. Oh. Wow. Okay. Well, I respect it's baseball that. HQ, not all sports HQ. That's awesome. <laughs> I commend you for being a tried and true baseball fan. There's very yes, one, one, one of my friends called me the last baseball lifer. So I, you know, I wear yeah, that. So you're, you're a staunch. You're hardcore. And yeah. by the way, your oh, girls cool. are twins. Twins. Yes. Deary, that's Deary's dream. Deary would love to have twins. He's he's excited. I'm not kidding at all. You think that's a joke. This guy loves kids. He does. He's weird. This guy's got issues. The twins are all I have, so we didn't have one before or one after, so I have nothing to compare it to. We went from zero to two. I can, oh. I, I can, offer, I can offer no testimony about how one differs from two. <laughs> that's fine, Ray. You, you don't have two. Two is all that. I know. Two is all he knows. All right. Uh, we are live on the Palazzo Podcast with Ray Murphy, C. Deary, MJ Gobier. We are talking about the trade deadline. It was incredible. I missed it. That's okay. I'm glad that you guys all got to experience it in real time. Must have been a lot of fun. Deadline of all deadlines. We'll probably never see a deadline like this until there's another CBA that's bumping up against it. And that's what I want to talk about next. The CBA had a lot to do with this deadline. In my opinion, sure, there was moves that needed to be made. Clear the books. Start fresh. The Cubs... Clean the biggest house of all, right? Is is there a team, Ray, that you thought cleared more room from their roster than the Cubs? Oh, no. That's in terms of clearly telegraphing your direction at the trade deadline, it's the Cubs and everybody else. Isn't it amazing that Chris Bryant, after all these years, he finally got traded? I mean, we've heard the trade rumors for literal years. Yep. He's finally gone, but he goes to the Giants, not your Mets. No, sorry, Steve Cohen, who screwed up the Kuva Rocker affair. That's a whole other thing that happened, by the way, that I missed. Well, I'm actually hearing about that in real time, but good Lord, that's a disaster. Deary, the Cubs are run by Jed Hoyer, right? As far as we know, Theo Epstein is no longer a part of their organization. Some say that Theo Epstein could take over as commissioner. Mm-hmm. At the very least, and Ray... I. I bet you would agree with this. Theo Epstein has a lot of input on what baseball is going to do here in the future, right? Would you say I that's mean, fair? So he, I mean, he's in charge. He, he's in charge of studying gameplay issues now, right? I don't know. Officially, yeah, yeah. I'm talking even unofficially. Like he's yeah. got the ear of the of baseball, right? Like people respect him. Yes, 
I certainly think that's true. And you're, it's, it's, I, I see where you're going. It's an interesting point. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Boston guy, so I, you know, have spent a lot of time watching Theo over the years. And, you know, you he came up, you know, protege of Larry Lucchino, who was an ownership guy, and Theo is said to have ownership aspirations. To your To our conversation about Giamatti earlier, Theo might be the only guy with the credibility to go into that room and stand in the middle. And sure. I, I can't think, I, I don't know that he can do it, but I can tell you, I can't think of anybody else who possibly could. Let's put it that way. Beard, let me ask you this. What if Jed Hoyer knows things about what's going to happen <laughs> with baseball? Cause he knows Theo Epstein and he made trades. Look at the trades. The Cubs made guys like uh, Pete Crow Armstrong from the Mets, not a power guy, a kind of a defender, average kind of guy, a fleet of foot guy. The other guys, they got Nick Madrigal from the Sox. Definitely not a power guy. Another guy who could put the ball in play and steal bags. What if, I know this is a little wild, but what if Hoyer knows something that Epstein knows about the game's going to change? Because not only is the CBA going to blow, it's going to be blown up and we could see arbitration change. We could see a lot of stuff change with free agents and all this stuff, the the one-year qualifying offers. But the actual gameplay, you know, opening the game up again, Forget the three true outcomes. What do you think of that? Is that crazy? So you, so you think that Epstein has he's in on the know on what could be happening in the offseason? I mean, obviously, most of us have no clue. I mean, they need to come to no. some type of deal. But you're saying that there are going to be some like massive changes to how the game is played, and that's why he still has this type of loyalty to Hoyer and the Cubs that he kind of was little birdie on his shoulder and told him this stuff. That's a fun Maybe. theory, Mike. I don't believe it, <laughs> but it's fun. I mean, either either way, uh, I mean, I wasn't surprised the Cubs traded those three guys. I mean, I, I figured at least two of the three would go if they could find the right deal, and it, it turned out that they would. I mean, I think it, the writing was on the wall in the offseason that it was it was rebuilding time. Uh, Epstein has talked openly. He's been in conversations. I heard him on Bill Simmons' show a while ago. He's talked yeah, about we need to change the yeah, – oh, yeah, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. We need to change the game. You know, he said that openly. It's not a secret that Epstein believes it. So what do you think of this, Ray? You think that maybe – I'm not saying Hoyer's only got to knew that. There could be other trades that people have an idea that the game will actually change and become more about triples and stealing bags and being more action-oriented again as opposed to the three true outcomes. What do you think of this? You, you know, you're coming at it from a slightly different perspective than the spin I was going to put on it, but I think – I don't think our terms are – incompatible. For instance, I'm going to you know, be a provincial Boston guy again. Think about what went on in the last 18 months for the Red Sox. They let bets go, or they traded bets in early 2020. Sale got hurt. They threw away, They were completely thrown away the 2020 season, which, by the way, got blown up by a pandemic. They spent a bunch of, you know, they spent a bunch of time. Now, I'm not saying they knew the pandemic was coming. You know, they were not <laughs> in the Wuhan lab, but <laughs> they coasted. If you were going to tank a season, Tanking 2020 for 60 games was the right way to do it. They came out the other side on the upswing for a full season, and they're back in flight now. I don't know if they're going to hang on, but things are a lot better than they were last year. Is Hoyer doing an intentional? I don't know if 2022 is going to be a real Mm -hmm. season. Let's throw that away, and all these guys are going to show up in 2023 just like the Red Sox did. They floated through a pandemic tank. I'm going to fly through a. I'm going to fly through a CBA tank and be taking flight right in 2023 when we play 162 again. I dig that. Damn, that's fantastic. I I mean, it was the main reason we saw so many moves. I would say, and so much action. 
Oh, yeah. Well, that's, I think we could all agree on yeah. that to some extent. That's fascinating. But what I'm saying, what you're saying, and oh, I love it all. I, it all you know, ties I'm together. Not, you know, it, 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 it's a, you know, it's never one thing or another. Yeah. quilt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You got 30 teams, you got hundreds of players. Yeah. It's all very complex and filled with many different layers. I completely agree with that. So I'm just curious to see how the game will change now and the cba is a very very real issue we make light of it sometimes we crack jokes about it because we know it sucks we want to enjoy the season and we, we had a full season this year we're having a full season after with the bozo season of 2020 which was a total bummer we got we got a full season of baseball and it's been weird there's been a ton of injuries and there's been leftover effects from that well we got baseball so nobody wants to think about what'll happen after this season right but it's coming and I don't think anybody is optimistic about it. I don't know how you could spin optimism on this, Ray. I don't. I can try. I don't believe it, but I can try. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We've just been if calling I, it the impending doom for like six yes. months now. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I were to put on my Captain Optimism hat, which you know does not fit in this scenario because I am generally very, very pessimistic about this, the Optimism hat is the game came back faster and better this year they got people in the seats faster than they thought they would they if they if you think about it from a post-pandemic perspective and how much money they lost last year they're probably on a trajectory to make back those losses faster therefore do you not blow that up now that you've got some positive momentum going because you gotta believe that you know, two hitting two giant potholes in three seasons is not going to be something that leads you to a quick recovery on the other side. But you can ride the wave you're on now, which started faster than you thought. Remember back in February, we didn't know if anybody was going to be in stadiums at all this year and ballparks are drawing people in. They can ride that wave and not quibble over the last fraction of the cent and say that there's enough on the table for everybody to profit. But that involves a, sen- a level of logic and common sense that these people have never shown. So I can't get behind that. <laughs> I see what Ray just did there, dude. Ray's last <laughs> sentence was the most important sentence. Yeah, totally. Just describe, <laughs> throw everything else away except the last sentence. Ray just In a used- world where logic yeah. applied, I make a lot of sense here. However. <laughs> Ray used pessimism in his Captain Optimism hat. Very interesting. The negative. The fear of owners losing more money might actually prevent a CBA disaster from happening. That's interesting. That's all I took that as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. You want to lose more money. The owners do love money. I mean, I love money. We all love money. I'm not going to lie about that. Brian K. Rodgers says, hey, guys, love listening to Ray. Just sitting back, relaxing, staying away from wife and having a great listen. Wait, wait. Is that him or me? I think he's saying he's enjoying you and he's staying away from the wife. <laughs> or he's Unless enjoying you're me staying, staying away from, away from my wife. wife and talking <laughs> here. Hey, it works either way. It's great. Yeah, I mean, you know, fill in the blanks as you choose. Brian K. Rogers is one of our favorites. He's one of our Palazzo specials. Brian, are you going to first pitch, dude? Come on. Sign Get up. Come on. Code in. Come on. 80, 80 bucks, bucks off. I got it here on those ticker on the bottom here. 80 bucks off. Arizona first pitch. Palazzo is the code tonight. Brian, I would love to meet you in person, hang out with you. Bring your son, dude. He's awesome, too. I want to meet him. These guys love sports. They know sports. I want to meet them all. I want to know everybody. All right. So let's forget the CBA. Let's move on. Let's enjoy our lives. Let's have fun here on the Hansel Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Here with Ray Murphy. Ray at HQ. Is that the, that's, yeah, Ray at HQ, right? Or is it at HQ? That's your handle. My handle is at Ray HQ. I actually typed that wrong. I see that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, cool. <laughs> it was stored from a prior podcast or something where I identified myself that way. 
That's my head. That's my handle in the HQ forums, which is why I uh, I often use that for uh, HQ Streamyard events. My Twitter mm-hmm. is for for my Twitter. Just move the ad to the beginning. Brian, if you're thinking about it, don't think any oh, longer. On, just man. pull the trigger. Baseball HQ, go there. Type it in right now. First pitch, Arizona, 80 bucks off. You can't beat it. We're giving you a discount tonight right here. Do right I have to now. make that discount at 85 bucks? Does that do it? Is that what we need to do? <laughs> yeah, okay, I can do that right now. Five dollars <laughs> means a lot to certain people. So, Brian, make the right call. Come on. Let's hang out. Let's live life together. Bring your son, too. Make it a double. Two for one. All right. On the Plaza Podcast, we're having a good time with Ray Murphy, me, Christopher Deary. Let's get into now a little bit more of the bozo part of the show. It's time for Enrico's Inquisition. Ray, can you handle it? What do you say? You up for it? Bring it. I love it. Here we go. Would you prefer to deal with a manipulative person or a callous person? Wow, this is deep. Deep into my psyche. Alan Trammell or Lou Whitaker? Oh, I knew you were going to hit me with that. The 1988 Dodgers or the 2020 Dodgers? Oh, the 1988, by far. It was the happiest moment like of my sports life. That was my first gut moment. Oh, oh Nelly, get ready for some doozies. Because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. And... Rico's Inquisition. <laughs> so Brian, wow, Brian's, that intro. Yeah, I mean, that's... What can I say? It's dumb. That's what I do. Brian says, I only get one gift every year. It's a forecaster. Okay, well, you're placating us now. You're clearly kissing ass. Well, it's a good kiss ass, because that's a smart really move. Was. But take it to another level. I might have to push the envelope, he says. Push the envelope, Brian. Close the deal. Let me know you did it here. I want to know on the live stream before the show ends that you signed up at the very least. And if you and your son come, I'll do something special. I'll uh, I'll run down the street naked or something. Whatever you want. Whatever would make me embarrassed or would be awkward for me and you would laugh, I'll do it. I'll do it if you sign up right now. All right. Right? In Enrico's Inquisition, we talk about various things. Uh, usually not so much sports or baseball stuff. We talk about you, the person. Uh, First thing we'd like to know about is uh, musical taste. Do you have musical groups you love or certain artists that you're a big fan of? I'm, a, I'm deep into a killer's kick right now. Traditionally, it's Springsteen. I'm the classic, you know, nearly 50-year-old white male Springsteen fan. But, you know, for me, the killer's is branching out. So, you know, it's not exactly diverse. <laughs> I think that the killer's and Springsteen is better than Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. So, <laughs> Well, I think I the mean, killer's and Springsteen just collaborated on something, too. Didn't I believe they? you don't think I'm deep into that right now. <laughs> <laughs> He knows what he's doing, right? Anybody else? Uh, I mean, those are two good choices. Anything you grew up on that you were like, man, I used to love that. Maybe you don't love it anymore, though. Uh, you know, I I, I had a uh, college roommate who showed up from at college from uh, the South, and all he played was Jimmy Buffett. And after four years of exposure to that, I got, you know, fairly deeply sucked into that. I've since extricated myself, but, you know, every now and then I have to go back and have a, uh, you know, a dalliance. Get a fix. loves Buffett. I don't understand it. Yeah, no one does. <laughs> I love Springsteen, but I, I don't understand Buffett. I'm not it's a, a parrot head. I'm glad you're not a parrot head, Ray. Oh, that's that says something about them, your yeah. character. Yes. Uh, bur- cheeseburgers in paradise? No thanks. Yep. Although I do like cheeseburgers, but I like to have them in a cold Midwestern deli where it's like 10 degrees outside with a hot plate of fries. Two weeks that's zero. just me. Yeah, that's how I grew up. You know, I'm crazy. I like goofy things like lollipops and butter in my ass. You know, I'm different. I'm a special guy. Anyways, uh, what about movies? Are you a big movie guy? Not huge. You know, I watch them like people, you know. 
What's a movie that you've enjoyed over the years? Give me one. Uh, one of my favorites that my wife ridicules me for all the time is uh, I stop clicking every time I come across Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, nope, sorry, this is what we're doing tonight. Oh, my God. The remote has spoken. <laughs> Ray, I love you, man, but good Lord, that movie's... I don't get it, but... Uh... When was the last time you saw it, Mike? <sighs> 20 years? I mean, are you, yeah, are you applying it aged well, Chris? Because, I mean, it really hasn't. <laughs> I, 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 I haven't checked in since probably maybe 2003. Yeah. I think a long I saw time. it like four or five times I, I, when now, it came to out. to be fair, if you think that was bad or it wasn't cup of your tea, your cup of tea, there is a sequel, which, yes. like, you know, goes through the floor in terms of expectation setting. You know, <laughs> like, you can't go low enough. Yeah, that came out like four or five years ago. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, it's um, just terrible. Dear, I haven't seen that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I remember when it came out. and It was, it was the whole... Uh, it was the 96. time when all the same disaster movies were yeah, coming out. Yeah, totally. Dante's Peak, Your Volcano. Waves and, you know, <laughs> the, really, those are all the um, the predecessors of what the Sharknado franchise, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, there's some definitely some truth to that. No doubt about it. All I remember is Randy Quaid. Like, all right, boys, I'm coming. Whatever the hell he says there at the end. Yeah, Randy Quaid saves the day. Now Randy why Quaid's was he in that? Why was he in that movie? That doesn't make because he was an ex-pilot who was a drunk, but he got his life together and he saved the world. Well, you forgot about the part where he was abducted by aliens and was getting revenge. Oh yeah, that's why he was a drunk because he got abducted yeah, by he was, aliens. He got a, got a, yeah. You know, he got you know. Nobody believed broke. him. Right. I remember the movie. I do. Uh, it just seems like it was a stupid movie now, but maybe I'll totally. go back. I'm going to go back and check it out. I do a podcast called the Cinema 9 Podcast. It's about movies, and every week we decide if a movie holds up or not. We usually oh. look at movies from oh. the 90s, so like that. So that would be a good one for that show, actually. Yeah, it's, I'm trying to think. That's Yeah, that's like 1995 or 6. It came out like right after I moved to Boston when I got out of college. So it's going to be – it's right in your wheelhouse there, yeah. Independence Day 96. I'm pretty confident that's what it came yeah, out. Yeah, that's right. Uh, all right, we're talking with Ray Murphy here in Rico's Inquisition. We talk movies. We're talking music. Uh, Ray, would you rather uh, be stabbed or arrested? Oh, I'll take arrested. Hmm. Okay. That's cool. I suppose that doesn't preclude the, a future stabbing, but, you know, that, that's the risk <laughs> of taking that answer, I guess. It is. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's not an easy choice. I understand. The problem that. is you could always get stabbed after you get arrested. So yeah. That's what, I'm saying, what you're yeah. going in for. Yeah, that's true. Uh, have you ever been uh, across the border, the land border into Canada? I have. A couple times. Vermont? Uh, through Toronto. Going to Niagara Falls through Toronto. Oh, yeah. Okay, over yeah, Buffalo to, over there. Yeah. Yep, up that way. Did um, Actually went to Skydome uh, to see the Jays and did the Skydome hotel thing. You know, not the part that gets you on TV for the wrong reasons, but the, uh, you know, watching a game from the hotel and actually found out that they deliver beer to the hotel there. Ordered like a 12 pack of a 12 pack of Molson and sat in my all glass window in the hotel room watching the Jays from like 4,000 feet away. It was glorious. Why do we never do that, dearie? That's Mike, you, you, can... you know who, where the Tigers are playing on our birthday this year? Oh, they're in, they're, they're in Toronto. It's too bad. We can't go over there. Too bad I you're mean, not allowed. I know. Oh, <laughs> I was looking the other day to see if we could possibly get to a game on our birthday, and I was like, ah, they're in Toronto. On August 9th, it changes. Canada opens August 9th to vaccinated people. So oh. we, we actually can go there. And okay. But the U.S. is not following the same policy? 
but we're U.S. citizens. So for what I gather from the attorneys I talked to, we can go. Come okay. back because we're U.S. They're not going to keep us out. We're U.S. citizens. If you're mm-hmm. vaccinated, you're good to go. So I think we may be able to do it because, like, Ray, my girlfriend's Canadian. She lives there. I haven't seen her in 16 months. It's been a very long time. This whole pandemic, we've been uh, shut out. And she lives like 37 minutes from me. It's a 37-minute drive to Windsor <laughs> oh here in Detroit. God, seriously? It's so yeah. weird, you know? But it's like, horrific. oh. If there's a mortar, there's an imaginary line. So whatever, that's why I asked that. But we'll talk more about that, dear. We could make that happen. That would be awesome. I also wanted to meet up with all of the Canadian fantasy people I met. There's yeah. a ton of them. There's a ton of people in fantasy baseball who are Canadians. The Dingers podcast people, Zach Waxman from the Draft Champions podcast, uh, Frank Amarante. Patrick David from HQ Radio. Oh, I didn't even know. See, yeah, yeah. that's another one. Waterloo, uh, Ontario. Brent- yeah, Graham Boatlock. He's Graham Blakelock. Graham Boatlock's Canadian. <laughs> so he's an, yeah, we got a lot of Canadian people we can connect with, get a big crew. It'd be fun. So I could rule that out. That's a great idea, Ray. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, Ray, three pitches that we decided to choose from. You can only have one. Slider, the curveball, or the changeup. Which one do you prefer the most? I'm a curveball guy. Hmm, okay. Give me... Give me Lord Charles, Uncle Charlie, the Yacker, you know, whatever you want to call it. Give me the, uh, you know, give me the 12 to 6. The old yellow hammer. That's right. <laughs> you have a pitcher who uh, you always like. That was a great curveball. That guy had one of the best curveballs I've ever seen. 1985, Doc Gooden all day. There it is. That's not the first time we've heard that because it's that good. It really is that yeah. good. That's awesome. Uh, have you ever been skiing? Uh, not since I was in high school, but yes. You in ski club? No, just ski trip. <laughs> no. Wait, all the all the cute girls are going on the ski trip. We should go do that too. We don't know how to ski. Whatever. <laughs> Classy. Uh, you ever cross country skied? No. Yeah, I've never done that either. My mom had a Nordic track when I was younger. But no, I never, <laughs> never cross country skied myself. Yeah. Or elliptical cross country skiing, but it works. <laughs> oh yeah, an elliptical guy. That's like a Nordic track. You're right. It was like the prelude to that. That's true. Now we're talking with Ray Murphy here on Rico's Inquisition, asking random silly stuff because it doesn't mean anything anyways. Uh, Ray, do you prefer Mac computers or Windows? I'm a Windows guy. Hmm. Windows guy. You like to tinker. You like to take things apart. Yeah. Maybe, I like yeah. Get myself in trouble is pretty much the answer there. Well, it should be. So I assume you have a, uh, you're an Android phone guy then. No, no. I, oh. I, have great appreci- I have great appreciation for the Mac, for the Apple line of products. I just can't work on them for you know reasons so windows for my computer apple for everything else my wife's got a mac downstairs my kids are on ipads but you know when i'm working it's on excel on windows and all that stuff so okay i can respect that that's cool uh do you prefer nike or adidas shoes adidas really yeah oh about new balance oh sure He's a New Balance guy. Deary, Deary loves shoes, by the way. Don't you, Deary? I have a, a, a large variety of shoes. <laughs> yeah, but so I, I get a discount from Nike because my brother worked for Nike for like oh, okay. 30 years. But their shoes are garbage. They fall apart constantly. So, like, if I had the choice, everything's fair and I'm paying the same price, I'd probably go Adidas or New Balance. Nike shoes just fall apart. They don't I'm fit sort of, well, I'm don't sort fit of a sneaker atheist. <laughs> Yeah, you know those. Deary, Deary got us the shoes during his wedding. He got us all shoes with our labeled initials on the back. Mine says MJ on it, or MG, because that's my last name, not my middle name's Jay. And those things have 
really uh, not held up well. I mean, they're cool, but they, they've not held up well in terms of durability. I've worn mine twice. <laughs> I used to wear them every day because it's the only shoes yeah, I had I back in yeah, a while. I, I don't. I haven't worn them in a long time. It is true. I have not I, worn. This was three years ago. He got married almost. So. But now you're yeah. trying to preserve them. So. Yeah, that makes sense, dear. You shouldn't have worn yours. Well, no, I, I, never I, I, mine. I, I wore mine at our wedding, and then I did bring them to a wedding that we went to about a month ago, just because I wanted some tennis shoes to dance in. But besides that, they sit on a shelf, and you just look at them. Yeah, I haven't worn them forever, but they were a big part of my life for a while. Because that's all I ever had! That's all I got! What can I do? All right, uh, Ray, we're going to close it out, because this is how we always close it out. For love or money. Oh, that's the whole question. That's it. Oh, man. Oh, boy. For love, and I'll figure out the money later. Hey, look at that. Ray's a sweet man. I like that. My kind of guy. I would start a co-op with you, Ray. I really would. We could starve together. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> What's that shoe oh, you wear, Ray? Maybe you could help Mike out with some shoes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Levens, maybe? I'll take yeah, 11, about 11, 11 and a half. Yeah. yeah, perfect. Great. Uh, Great. We'll I, share. I forgot to ask. I forgot to ask one thing. I forgot to ask. Oh, the, and I've for, been forgetting for this one for a while. Uh, prefer Master and Commander the movie or Survivor the television show? I don't know. I watched a lot of seasons of Survivor. I guess I got to go with that. Damn I, it. I'm, I'm, I'm out now, but I was in for a long time. That's actually funny. Right, fine. You know, That's back fine. on the real quick, back on the nine-year-old topic, I'm like exploring like old shows to watch with the nine-year-olds and stuff like that. We're going through a bunch of old seasons of Top Chef right now. We were talking about like other like reality shows and like we were actually having like a my wife and I were having a debate about would you do Survivor or the Amazing Race with like you know a couple like a whole bunch of seasons of them with like with like nine-year-olds. We're, we we have yet to answer the question, so I'll throw it out to you. All right. Dear, I'll defer to you. <laughs> I, I watched, I think, like maybe four or five episodes of Survivor. Obviously, oh, okay. it's still on. I've seen, I know what it's all about. Um, I've never seen an episode of The Amazing Race. I think I kind of know what it's all about, but I don't know. I'm yeah, they race here. around the world and like they yeah. try to beat each other. Fly to 17 money. hours to this random country and then go find the person holding the purple sign and, you know, give them this coin and they shall point you to your next challenge. Sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it exactly. is. Yeah, it might be. It could all be fake. Who knows? It's like I've told the story many times. I went down the Dominican Republic in 2015. We went in the middle of nowhere in a nice big ass house. Eight guys. We rented it. It was like a cocaine seller's paradise. It, was, it looked like a coke house. I don't know how else to say it. It just did. Okay. It was a super rich monster house. We go outside to the private beach, and then there it is a survivor speedboat. And I'm like, what is a survivor speed? You couldn't just. Name a speedboat survivor and have the exact insignia of the TV show Survivor. It was like a survivor speedboat, and then there was like a satellite dish on the dock. I'm like, what is going on here? And it turns out, yeah, they were filming Survivor right there. But this is like a really posh neighborhood. It had uh. a, I was like, come on, this is BS, man. I knew it. So I saw it with my own eyes. The security guard, they had security guards on the beach. Like, you can't be here. Like, what? This is our beach. Anyways, just letting you know that happened. It's real. That's true story. This is the official, this is the official unofficial fantasy baseball podcast of Russell Crowe. That's why we asked Master Commander. Very important movie to this podcast. It's too complicated to explain the reasons why. (laughs) Just know that Russell Crowe loves this show, and Master Commander is a great movie. I'm trying to make a case for Independence Day. I have no credibility in this conversation. (laughs) 
<laughs> Fair enough, Ray. I'll give you that one. <laughs> All right, we're here live with Ray Murphy on the Hey, It's Regal Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Sub the YouTube channel. Sub, 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 sub right here. Click the button. Click the dinghy. You'll notify when we go live. It's that easy. That's how it's done. You see the scroll at the bottom. For those of you that are watching, we got first pitch. Arizona Fall League. Going to be a lot of fun. Not just the Fall League, but tons of forums and a bunch of really smart and fun and entertaining and engaging people are going to be live. You can talk to them and connect with them. You can learn a lot. If you want to know more about how fantasy baseball works, you want more about baseball or more about how data works. So many different things you could probably learn about from all of these forums. Right, Ray? There's so many different things oh, yeah. and topics you guys Something are talking about. Something for everybody. We, we go from score sheet to DFS and back again, everything in between game formats. You want to talk to an expert on, you know, some obscure thing your league does. I guarantee you we got 10 people there who do it too. So, you know, have at it. You will, you will be among your people is probably the best way I could sum it up. <laughs> yes. That's a good way to say it. Well done. And for those of you on the podcast version, of course, you've heard us talk about it over and over again. So you go to baseballhq.com. You can sign up, use the code Palazzo, two L's, two Z's, of course, because Ray knows how to spell and save 80 bucks. Not a bad idea. Hang out with me and Ray and a host of other luminaries, elites, the best of the best, and maybe the lowest of the low, but, you know, a good kind of low, my kind of low. I like low people. I'm a low guy myself. I don't have a lot to offer. I'm a simple man. The best part is you get to decide who's who. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) You got a sharp tongue, Ray. I like that. I do. All right. Well, now it's time to get into the game that is sweeping the nation. People love it. They can't get enough of it. For some reason, <laughs> it's really taken off this year, Deary. It's one of our biggest hits. You believe it? I, I'm amazed that this game has taken off. Uh, Bob, Bob Barker texted me the other day, so this is amazing. It's going to take over for wait, the wait, prices, wait, wait. right? Bob Barker texts. <laughs> <laughs> he sure does. Bob Barker's alive? Is he alive? I think he still I think he is. is. I, I think he is. I He's got to be alive. like 190. I think he is. I'm going to verify The over-under right is 99. <laughs> yeah, he's got to be like 98 years old. Seriously. Yep, he's still alive, and he is 90. Well, his birthday is December 12th, so he's 97. He'll be 98 ah, in December. Amazing. Good for you, Bob Barker. That's wonderful. All right, Bob, you would love this game. It's called Name That Runner-Up Fabbit. <laughs> It's time to play the most ridiculous and pointless game that is sweeping the nation. That's right. It's time for Name That Runner-Up Fabbit. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much, announcer. That was fantastic. All right. The game's real simple. We offer a Fabbit. Somebody guesses the runner-up Fabbit. It's really that easy. Ray, you ready to play? Let's go. All right. The price, <laughs> the price is wrong, Bobby. Yeah, there it is. That's <laughs> Bob Barker. It's, you start talking about Barker within a minute, you got to talk Happy Gilmore. Just the way it goes around here. The way it should be, in my opinion. Deary, why don't you lead us off as usual? I want to guess this one. I have a feeling I'm going to get this one. I really we, do. This is my day. We've been very close lately. Uh, and it's amazing how it seems like every time we play this game, like the first guy I want to bring up is someone that we've already talked about on the pod. So tonight we're going to lead off with Brendan Rogers of the Rockies. The oh. winning bid in my TGFBI league was $55. What was the runner-up bid? We'll roll to Ray first. Oh, I'm going to go 42. Michael? Choice. Good choice, Ray. 
I feel like he after he had had the week he had already, so people were probably interested in him. But I don't know if they knew it would go that high. But I'm going to say 48. He said 42. I'll say 48. Okay, not bad, Ray. Runner-up bid was 37. Not too far off. Oh, uh, okay. Right, right in the ballpark. Nice job, dude. That's pretty good. To be within five is damn impressive. It's almost like getting it, really. Well done. <laughs> and I went over, so Price is Right rules, I don't get anything. Well, we never said that. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, well done. I just thought it would be closer to the fit, to 55. I really did. Yeah, I would have yeah, thought that would be competitive, yeah. What do I know? All right, I'll give you guys one. Uh, let's head on over to my main event league, which is, uh, you know, it's over. It's I'm not going to win now. It's over. I can't win it. I would like to win it. I'm going to keep battling because I have pride and I never give up. I keep um, battling to the bitter, bitter, bitter end. And that's just what I do. That is bullshit. No, it's true. I'm not kidding. I know what I'm talking about. So in my main event league this week, we had a bid for Eloy Jimenez. He was available, and I, he was, I was available shocked. in a lot of leagues. Yeah, I was shocked that he was still available this week because I thought he would have been picked up the week before. But hey, you know this is a main event too. You know, it's big money. One hundred eleven dollars was the bid. Deary, you're up first. One hundred eleven dollar bid. What was the runner up bid? One hundred one. Ray Murphy. I'm gonna go a little lower just because you know the wrinkle in August is. Not a lot of people have that much fab left to throw, right? I'm not, I, I would have loved to have bid 200 plus on Eloy in a bunch of leagues. I have been throwing around money like a drunken sailor, so I did not have that money to spend in other leagues. Uh, give me 87. Wow, Ray is really good at this game. The runner up bid was 84. Wow, <laughs> impressive. <laughs> Damn, son, that's good. That's real good. All right, Ray, why don't you give us one now? Let's see if we can get what you got. All right. Running joke in my uh, my baseball HQ radio podcast with Patrick Gavitt is I do the AL news with uh, him every week, and we've talked about Edward Olivares so many times that we feel like we need a sponsored Edward Olivares segment. Edward uh-huh. Olivares is up; he might play. Edward Olivares is down two days later. Edward Olivares is up again. You know, he, on a per transaction basis, he's uh, he's making a mint. Uh, he got picked up in my <laughs> NFPC main event league for 35 bucks this week. So somebody thought this was the time when he was going to stick for more than two days. Um, <laughs> what was the runner-up bid? Hmm, 35 bucks. Uh, I'd say 32. I'm going to go 32. I'm going to go with seven. Wow. Deary gets this one. Runner-up was five bucks. Yeah. Wow, Deary, well done. Yeah, I don't amazing. think enough people were were in on it being true, and I mean, he would have to start producing immediately. He did hit a home run yesterday. I saw. Yeah, I think it was like, yeah, that was the wrinkle. Is he homered? I think he homered on Sunday when the uh, <laughs> on Fab Day, which is always good to like screw up the bidding. You know, he's a quality hitter. There's a reason he needs to stay up. He he's getting the Dalton Varsho treatment, but it's even worse. He, he he's not playing, and, and he goes right back down. Dalton Varsho would never play before the Carson he's Kelly breaking injury. in Omaha. Yeah. Yeah, uh, trust me. I believe in Edward Olivares as much as I believe in Dalton Varsha. I really do. So just wow. give him the playing time. Solaire is gone. Benintendi, whatever. Uh, Michael Taylor. I mean, no, no, they're, Michael they're Taylor. Pl- they're playing Jared Dyson. What is the damn <laughs> <laughs> And I think Benintendi was actually pulled tonight for an injury. So breaking news. Yeah, Finally. this guy needs to be your starting right fielder. Yeah, Michael Taylor still in the league. Amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think uh, Dave Moore is going to make fun of Andrew Benintendi because he got hurt? 
Dayton Moore dropping the hammer on Alberto <laughs> Monesi. I loved it. I was. Yeah. I'm all in on that kind of talk. I, I not can't an everyday lie. player. Not an everyday player. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Dayton Moore. He might be. I'm not kidding. He might be. Not even before that. He won a World Series with the Royals. Went to two straight World Series. He was great with Atlanta. Dayton Moore's one of the best GMs of baseball. I'm throwing that out there. Hundred percent. Right, thank you, Ray. Uh, let's do another round. Uh, Ray, why don't you lead us off on this one? All right, uh, change the format on you. NFPC 12 team, the uh, the online championship. I had Fernando Tatis and lost him to the DL again, maybe for more than 10 days. Um, I needed a shortstop, and I my first choice of my fab string was Ahmed Rosario, who I had actually dropped the week before. Uh, <laughs> I got him back for 14 bucks. Uh, what was the runner-up bid? Well done. I thought for a minute there he was long gone. Uh, dear, you go first on this. Okay. Uh, let's go with six. That one is long gone. I'm going to say 12. Oh, we got a, we got an on the money winner. It is Michael. Oh, you did it. (laughs) It finally happened. Unbelievable. Uh, I'm so pissed you beat me to it. I I always (laughs) seem to do a little better at this game than you. That's awesome, man. Now I know you say, you say it's not price is right rules, but if it was, he would have won both showcases. (laughs) I would have. Oh, that's amazing. I would have got a new car and maybe a trip to Spain. Damn, that's hot. That's fun. Although it was a lower, I will say it was, it was 14. You only had 13 choices. Uh, odds, odds are easier when it's that. When you I get close, it. when it's like a $190 bid and you've got all those numbers to choose from, it's a lot more difficult. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. Great job. Uh, all right, dear, you go ahead. Oh, all right. Let me bring it up here. Uh, how about Luis Patino? He started tonight. Oh, yeah. Five innings. Winning bid was $34. What is the runner up bid? For Mr. Patino. Mike, why don't you lay this off? That's tough. Uh, I'd say 23. Right? Mm, 17. Not bad, Mike. Runner up bid 27. Mm, nice. Okay. I got a feeling for Patino. Also, Ray, another thing about why I got that bid right, Ahmad, Ahmed Rosario is a guy I'm very, very in touch with. So it just, oh. I know, <laughs> I know what it you takes. You know, is it worth in all formats? I really do, yeah. And you know, I'm in two OCs, and they're both toast. Unfortunately, I'm still I'm battling out. My fab is gone too. I got like nothing left. And uh, Keston Hero really burned me. I admit that freely. Oh, that stinks. Yeah, yeah, that hurts. All right, one more, and then we'll wrap up this segment here. Name that runner up fab bid. So let's head on over to my tag team league that I run with Eric Cross. Me and Eric Cross are tag team partners. I've never co-managed a team. I've said this before. Ray, do you ever co-manage any teams? Oh yeah, all the time. Really. Oh, yeah. Nice. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, we are in first place tonight. We are in first. First place is a big, big, healthy dose. It was a $500, $550 entry fee, I think. So really hoping we can close this out, me and Eric Cross, but uh, still some work to be done. A long way to go. And in the fab results, we had, uh, boy, I wanted to, no, I don't want to do that one. Let's, uh, we did it. Yeah, we did that one. Dalton Jeffries was picked up. And he started on Sunday. $22 was the bid for Dalton Jeffries. Deary, name that runner-up fan bid. What did you say, 22? 22. Nine. Okay, nine. This is a very competitive league, by the way. Tag team. Some Very competitive. Very. Uh, but a lot of money has been blown, too. I will say that. So, uh, Ray, $22. What was the runner-up bid? 
I, you know, I, when he said nine, I was thinking six, but you're trying to steer me higher. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't say it. No, I didn't. I'm not steering anything. Don't listen to me. I'll stay at six. That's correct. That's amazing. <laughs> Your gut was right, dude. Six was the runner up bid. Nice. You just, you won up me, dude. That's amazing. <laughs> Performance. So oh, well, it's an incredible <laughs> performance by Ray. I mean, he's been with him like three or four each time. Gets one on the money. Mike gets one on the money. I'm very proud of you guys. That's great. <laughs> it's a big night. Well, get you, get this guy a free t-shirt and a hot dog. This I'm is a skill just, I need yeah. to monetize like your uh, <laughs> double elimination bracket skill. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I would have been so bummed if when you said six is your instinct, you're going to go away from it. Like, oh, it, no, yeah. don't no, do that. Stay, stay. <laughs> Trust your gut, Ray. Trust that gut. It's a healthy gut. Good call. All right. That's that runner up. That was fun. That was a fun segment of that. I really enjoyed that. Now it's time to close out the show with our final segment. And we're calling this one Lessons 2021. That's it. I don't have an intro. I don't have anything cool. I'm just calling it Lessons from 2021. What did we learn this year? We got 60 days to go, as I mentioned. But we can start to look back at what we did uh, strategy-wise, player analysis-wise, really any way you want to take it. But I want to pick the brain of a guy like Ray who has been around, seen a lot of stuff, Baseball HQ Pro here. Ray, what have you learned from this year so far? I I think it's something I relearned. But, uh, you know, we kind of skimmed this earlier on talking about the CBA and stuff like that. Think about the screwed-up 2020 season. It started a year ago last week. Like, last week a year ago was opening freaking day. How much baseball have we played this year? Four months that we didn't get at all last year. And we have the entire 2020 season still ahead of us. This is a marathon. You know, I am the ultimate grind it out. I had a lot of leagues that started poorly that I am climbing the ladder with. I'm looking at my main event on the other screen right now, and I've crept into fourth tonight, which is the highest I've been all year. And I'm, you know, cracking the whip down the stretch and going after that thing. You know, you. that's how we played it. This is what I make hay is when everybody starts looking at fantasy football. You know? Yeah, that's what <laughs> Get I the said. Crap that. out of the <laughs> way, and I'll you know leave me all the cheap pickups in August and September, and I'll make hay with them. Um, this is money yeah. making time. These next two months are where it gets done, and you know people who are burned out, burned out by now, and don't have anything left in the tank, or has have their wandering eyes turning somewhere else. I'm taking advantage. <laughs> My main event, uh, I got seventy seven and a half points. Uh, Pitching and hitting is 39 and 38. It's very balanced, but I just, I got some big time points. The top four, 121, 119, 105, 100. And those guys are, three of those guys are in the top 30 there. So, man. that's tough. That's yeah, that's tough. In, and sometimes it's, it's worse when you, sometimes it's worse when you have two average sides of the coin like that. Like you can't fix everything, right? If you're, if you got a 60-point pitching staff, well, probably the other way around is easier. If you got a 60-point offense and you just haven't been able to figure out the pitching, you could, you know, two good months of pitching, you could pull it together with the right fab guys or whatever. But, you know, 39-39 is tough. I'm not going to lie. Huh. Well, that gives me hope for my TGFBI team because I lead the league in hitting, but my pitching is at 30. But I got, like, 67 points in hitting. So maybe I can pull it off. All right, cool. Yay! Deary, what have you learned this year? <laughs> Don't draft in February. <laughs> oh man, I drafted in January. That was, so, that was the, it's the worst team I have, by the way. Uh, yeah. in the it, it's it, it, yeah. it was the first year that I had ever drafted that early. Um, it worked it out was. a couple of leagues, a couple of leagues, it did not work at all. There were some injuries, but it was just the anxiety of building this team up and then having to wait for 
spring training to get over with to see who's going to make the team, who hopefully doesn't get hurt, which we saw some big injuries in preseason. So that's one thing I will probably not be doing too much in the future. Definitely not putting money into that. But, uh, you know, it, it definitely set me up for later leagues that I did draft, you know, a week, two weeks before. Um, but I think the biggest thing I learned is like we we talked so much about the 2020 season and how those numbers were going to extrapolate to the next season. And it was really, really hard to predict. Um, I think that the biggest mistake I made in almost all of my leagues is I was focusing, focusing on guys that were hopefully going to be breaking out guys that were second, third year in the league that were finally getting the opportunity to play every single day. Your Nick Solex, Senzel, Ian Haps, Clint Frazier's, all those guys I drafted That's anywhere from list. like 150 to like 230, and they all completely shit the bet on me. Luckily, I was able to make some moves, find some other guys. I took a lot of advice from Justin Mason early on with when he told me, just go after those guys that are dependable. They're boring, but they're dependable. The, the Brantleys of the world. Freddie Freeman, I took in as many leagues as I could in the first round, and although he started out slow, he ended up really hot. I, I am very, very grateful for the amount of guests that we had on the last year because it really helped me get more information. It overloaded my brain with information, but yeah. I was extremely grateful for just some other insights that we could get. But, uh, you know, I learned a lot this year, especially with those guys that, you know, Ray, Ray laughed at that list of guys. Those were all guys that I was in on that we're going to, I thought we're going to have breakout seasons and they didn't even have midi- mediocre seasons. They had piss poor, the worst seasons you could get out of those guys. So, uh, but yeah, that, that was about it. There. I've, I, I can't tell you how many draft champions and the you know, early drafts I did where I've got Greg Holland and Hector Neris as my undervalued closers. How the crap did that work <laughs> out? You know, <laughs> related story. I have like 12 saves in most of those leagues. Yep. Ah! What about you, Mike? What'd you learn? Well, Chris, what I learned is that life is tough and it's full of obstacles. And every day you just got to try to get better one day at a time. That's my advice to all of you. Now get out there and play ball. Yeah. Oh, that's not good enough. Okay. How about something real then? Uh, I learned that Shoei Otani's awesome. So that's great. Um, he is a god among men. It's true. And I don't deny that at all. I also learned fab. The note to self. Stop doing the weekend fab. Get on fab in the week. Don't wait until Sunday. It's so dumb. It's it's important because things can change, but you should have a lot of your bids set up and counter bids and triple bids and bid, 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 bids. You should really start, at a minimum, I think you should start doing it on Thursday, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that because I too many times got caught up in other stuff and, and life happens, and then the next thing you know, you're scrambling. And if you have too many fab leagues, you're in deep, deep, deep trouble. So I am going to make it a point to try to start on Wednesdays. That's what I'm going to do. And if I start on Thursdays, I'll be happy with that. To at least set up some bids, you can adjust them whenever you want. You can leave it for a day, too. You can also think about it like, well, maybe I don't want to do that. And by the time Sunday rolls around, you should be very clear on everything you did and what you wanted to do. You don't have to worry about, oh, my God, I'm panicking. That sounds awful. I've done it a few times, too many times this year, and it's cost me, especially my first year, Ray, in the main event. This is my first main event. So, you know, <laughs> I, I also, frankly, I should have prepped more in the earlier draft. The main event draft, I think it was, I want to say it was in March. It was definitely in March. Yeah, I know yeah. it was in March. Like my best, some, yeah, some of my best drafts were in March, but not that one. 
So what? why did that happen? Uh, did I feel like I had kind of figured it out by then and got a little cocky? These are things I'm thinking about. Well, I got a long you winter this, thinking about that stuff, right? Because you did, Mike, because you did so many leagues this year and your main event was kind of near the end, was it just like, were you just going after the same guys that you had kind of gone after early on? I know Juan Moncada was a guy that you really liked. You were trying to get in the 15 spot in every league you're going in. Or, or did you change up your strategy when you got to the main event draft? I did. Uh, look, all the leagues I'm doing well in were right around the same time as the main event. The Glarf League, Great Lakes Area Roto Fantasy League, which is part of all the regional leagues, part of Earth. And by the way, I did the uh, Earth podcast last night with JT, and it was awesome. He does a, a breakdown. He's got a sell sheet that has all six regional leagues and what's going on with them really well done and i want to give him full credit for that it was really late at night it was like 1 30 in the morning here because he lives on the west coast in washington a little tired may have said some things that alluded to collusion in our league which i apologize for i think i overstepped my bounds on that one Come i was on. just tired though i don't even remember what i was saying <laughs> but it was glarf and it was a trade we had a trade deadline in Glarf last week. I missed I basically didn't do any deals and I'm in second place to Dave from Rotosaurus, Dave McDonald. So uh, that's a battle that's going on. But that draft I did right around the main event league and I'm doing really well in that league. I'm I'm top 4 overall in Earth, which is like 80 players, really good players. Um, I obviously was doing something right. But the main event they ju- ADP doesn't mean jack squad. Oh, if no. you ever do a ma- no. if you ever do a main event Never, ever, ever focus on ADP. People jump things like crazy. They jump players. They take the players they want. doesn't matter what's going on. You can't rely on anything that you've seen in previous drafts. It's like, well, I know that guy will be there. No, you don't. You don't know that. You better take the guys you want and lock in early and take more risks, frankly, if you want to lock in players. Ray, do you agree with that? I do. That's the dynamic of the main event. Let me pivot and throw a philosophical thing at you the other way. Uh, So... My best league this year is the NFBC 12 team or the Rotowire Championship. I've got a team that's like 20 points up and like top 50 out of like 2,000 there. And I'm actually like trying to like climb the main, climb the overall standings here. But here's the nice. kicker. Here's the kicker on that. That, that, that 12 teamer, I always do that like two nights before opening day. And it's my Jeff Erickson from Rotowire coined this a while ago. It's his FOMO draft, right? It's my fear of missing out. Like these are all the guys who I have not gotten in all of the other drafts that I had dozens and dozens of opportunities to get earlier in the season. It's like my, okay, I, I was walking around all, literally walking around all winter saying like Fernando Tatis at number one is stupid. I would never do that. I did it in this draft, right? I got number one. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm taking the teams. Guess what? That worked out beautifully. So what does it sure say did. that what I was doing for like everything save two days of the off season turned out to be wrong. And like the, okay, you know, like George Costanza opposite day draft is the one that's like, <laughs> like flying up the standings. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this information. Like, am I a genius or am I an absolute idiot? <laughs> <laughs> well, Deary made a great point about the 2020 season. And this was a weird time for, us to be newer into the analysis. You know, this is our second season. We started last year, but that was the Bozo 2020 season. And now that we're going off of that, it still had massive impact and kind of leftovers because those things we saw were not real. A lot of it yep. wasn't real. And what was real and what wasn't real and deciphering what was and what wasn't was much more complex because COVID impacted players in a negative way. It also mental health wise, like routine wise behaviors, routines, all these things that they rely on all went out the window and that messes up other players that you can't necessarily quantify. 
So you don't know who's being the real version of themselves. That's why if we have a CBA delayed season again, I'm really, I'll probably minimize. I really won't, I won't want to do as much stuff because I yeah. won't know what to <laughs> invest in. It'll be more risky. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny. My take on that, you know, everything you just said is absolutely true. My, my take on that back in the spring was that that was kind of a positive that, yes, you know, I felt like the industry had gotten into this like group think everyone approaches things the same way you can predict like the way the main event ADP is going to change. But like this way with like the 2020 season and all of the factors you were talking about, you know, like it was actually like overturning the apple cart and like, you know, not introducing randomness, but introducing like, you know, different avenues for people to explore different ways for people to apply strategies to exploit that. And I thought more variety was a good thing. For all but two days of the preseason, I just had a really bad strategy to do that. <laughs> right process, terrible outcome. Yep, I agree. Anything else, Deary? Well, well, now it would be completely different offseason because we just got to deal with this whole CBDA, CBA thing totally. that's going to happen. So well, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, who, who are the guys yeah. who are going to be like eating bonbons because they think they don't have to do uh, – they, they're not going to show up to spring training go. and suddenly there's going to be a deal and like you know some random pitcher is going to show up at camp 48 hours after they signed the CBA looking like Bartolo Colon. Yeah. Are we <laughs> going to see any deals like right after the season? And also, who could have predicted that baseball would jump up in the middle of the season and say, hey, no more gunk. We're getting it out now. So good luck with all that, pitchers. <laughs> that affected the season, too. Yeah, there are totally. so many variables here that are not commonplace. Yeah, I mean, they may, not re- they may not like reach a deal till like a couple weeks before the season. Yeah, they'll have a, th- th- new- a three-week spring training, and every pitcher will either get hurt or be throwing yeah. two innings the first yeah. week. It'll be th- There's going to be all these new rules, and we're going to yeah. all be done drafting already. Uh, uh, mound has moved back. You can't see it Mound has moved back. 35-man <laughs> rosters. 20 pitchers each Twenty pitchers each throw in one inning. Grand slams are oh. five runs. Yeah, totally. Uh, Ray, you're going to say something? Did you see? I was going to say, did you, and then on top of this, did you read the article about um, Joe Ryan, uh, who actually got traded last week with the uh, the Olympic baseball? Did you see this nonsense? No. He's like, he went to the Olympics and was like, the Olympics have the perfect baseball. Why can't MLB get this baseball? It has it has solved all of the problems. The pitchers are happy with it. The hitters are happy with it. Wow. It's like just tacky enough. They're all perfect. They're all uniform and consistent. And MLB, who bought the place in the Dominican Republic where they make the baseballs, can't actually do that at scale. But this guy's like, yo, for the three-week Olympic baseball tournament, they probably only need a 1,000 baseballs or whatever it is, but they're all perfect. <laughs> Oh, man, Dude, this is great. All this stuff we're covering right here, I guarantee it's going to be covered at first pitch because there's so much to talk oh, about yeah. as the season goes Total. on and the postseason. It's, like it's like three days of what we just did in an hour and a half. Oh, I love it. I love it. I could have talked about this for another hour. These are a lot of intriguing things. The lessons that could be applied are they're tenfold. Uh, injury analysis, uh, the importance of load management is becoming a real thing. I'm doing the show every Monday with Dr. David Meyer. He's awesome. He used to work a rehab medical coordinator the St. Louis Cardinals, so he has experience. And load management is a real thing. Jeff McDeal was a perfect example mm-hmm. of it. But last week, the week before, he had leg fatigue. That's what they called it. And he sat out, and it's like, oh, he might go in the IL. Then he comes back a couple days later, he's crushing the ball. So there was nothing really wrong there. Load management is a real thing now. And I think we need to start incorporating that more into our lexicon. It's not just an NBA thing, very much a baseball thing. And it doesn't mean someone will go on the aisle, but it also means a phantom IL stint could happen because of load management, more likely for a pitcher. Well, it's just making things a lot tougher for your weekly set lineups. Yep. 
Yep. And it might be out 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 Alberto Mondesi is not the only not an everyday player anymore. <laughs> Dude, I'm yes. What? I think Dayton Moore said that because this is what a lot of GMs think. I think he had a blessing. People are like, oh, I can't believe he said that publicly. I really think a lot of GMs are like, well, we're already wanting to do this. We want to make this more commonplace and accepted. I really believe he had the support of a lot of people in the business. He may very well have. Anyways, I can't prove that because I'm just a regular peon on the internet talking baseball. That's what I love to do, and that's what we do here on the Hans Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Ray Murphy. What a great guest. I really enjoyed it, man. You are, it's so funny. I say this all the time because I haven't got a chance to like meet you, right? So I have no idea what you're really like. I've heard your voice, <laughs> but I haven't had a chance to yeah, see you, you know. and you're, yeah. And you're like, you're like, pow, you are, you are Boston, man. You are such a Boston guy. I can tell. I love it. You're like so enthusiastic and lively and you got a lot of things to say. My kind of guy, Ray, really appreciate you having on the show. Any closing thoughts? Thanks for having me on. Thanks for creating creating an environment where I could, uh, you know, be sharp tongued. I greatly appreciate that. And uh, I will see you in Arizona in October. I can't wait. That's right. I will. I will definitely see you, and that's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, don't forget, first pitch, Arizona, Arizona Fall. I've always wanted to go to the Arizona Fall League too. This is really exciting. Like that's cool too for me because I've never been there, and you get to see young cool players on the brink of doing something special in a unique environment, a smaller environment, like a spring training style. But it won't be as hot either. I mean, Arizona should be nice and comfy, I hope, in October. I hope. It I is. Like at night, it's beautiful. It's like 60 degrees. You know, there's that dry air, no humidity. Uh, and, you know, everyone's got their touchstones out there. The people who have been going for a long time talk about seeing 20-year-old Albert Pujols pounding the crap out of the ball. <laughs> uh, my, my touchstone is seeing Mike Trout and Bryce Harper in the same outfield. That was pretty oh cool. Uh, Dude. You know, shit like that all the time. That's, That's awesome. badass. That is so bad. Oh. Uh, before we go, I'm sorry. We just had a quick question before we go. Uh, sorry for the late question, says Brian. Brian, you can ask a question anytime. You're a Palazzo lifer. If the Angels are out of it, they are out of it. Are they going to cut back on Otani's games? Ray, go ahead. I would think they'd be more likely to cut back on the pitching than the hitting. I mean, uh, I don't know if the p- hitting has taken that much of a toll and he might be in a home run race Then maybe they would leave him in for. I, I would think as a hitter, he's probably pretty safe. I could see him missing the last couple of starts in September to uh, say he's made enough progress on the mound and they don't need to be uh, throwing innings on, the, on on that arm for no reason. What do you guys think? Whoopsie daisy. What do you think, dear? Yeah, go ahead. How many innings is he at right now pitching? Do you know, uh, I want to say 80 something off the top that of my head right. do- or 60. Okay. It could be less than that, but I feel like it was the 80 some. Uh, I'll double check that. Go okay, ahead. So maybe, maybe we see maybe 40, 50 more innings. I don't, I don't think there'd be a reason to, to roll them out in, you know, late September. But yeah, I mean, as a hitter, I mean, you you want this guy to go go out there and win the MVP for your franchise. Sure do. It's so weird on his when you <laughs> he does two things, and they show his hitting stats. They don't show his pitching stats. It's like hard to find his pitching stats sometimes. I, I oh man, as, as the data and stats guy at HQ, this drives me crazy. He breaks everything. It's just so annoying. As good as he is, and as much as I join him, he's a it's like a technical issue that like is like way under my skin. <laughs> By the way, he's uh, coming into at least tonight. He was exactly at eighty innings. Okay, so, yeah, good call. Uh, I think they will, Brian. He's Shohei Otani. He wants to play. I think he thrives on playing, not sitting. We saw what happened last year when it was a weird season. He had to sit and things. We got. He hit 179 last year. It's so dumb. So dumb. I know it was a short sample size. He will play as much as they will let him play, and he'll push to play. Joe Madden knows he's not like other managers. He gets, hey, 
you are this way, you thrive off playing. He mm. understands. It. He's not one of these uh, old school. Well, this is the day off time. Like Jim Leland's like, you're sitting today, son. That's how it is. I made the decision. Not like that. He's different. So I expect him to just, play. Just for consideration, he may also be a cyborg. <laughs> yes, right, exactly. He might not even be a human being. And Joe Madden knows that. So he can yeah. play him every day. Like, Load management. Screw that. We'll change some gears if we have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I pretty much agree with what Ray said. He'll, he'll hit. He'll continue to hit. This thumb issue seemed, I think it was pretty minor, but if it's something at all, the pitching will be reduced. Yes, I agree. He can hit, can't pitch as well with that thumb, based on what I've read. So there you go, Brian. I hope that helped. We try to help you. We like you. He says, thanks, fellas. Much obliged. Morgan Freeman voice. (laughs) I can't do a Morgan Freeman voice. I won't even try. I'm like the opposite of Morgan Freeman. Ah! All right. Polico. Polico. ColecoVision? Remember ColecoVision? Yeah, that was the thing. Uh, Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's on Twitter, of course. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Utah, give me two. D. Deary, 1999. MJ Govier on Twitter. Ray HQ on Twitter. Ray Baseball HQ, first pitch, Arizona. Go there, click it. 80 bucks off if you use the Palazzo code. The code is Palazzo, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. No Gary Busey included. Sorry. That's it. It's been a great show. Thank you to Ray Murphy, Chris Deary. Michael Govier. Catch you guys on the flip side. Bye-bye. Try to be best because you're only a woman and a woman's got to learn to draft it. Try to believe though the going gets tough like you got to hang tough to play it. Baseball repeats itself. Try and you'll succeed. Never doubt that you're the one and you can have the team of your dreams. You're the best around. You've got a strategy that's sound. You're the best around no one's gonna ever keep you down except you're getting sniped when you're drafted in the seventh round right lads now i know there's not a faint heart among you and i know you're as anxious as i am to get into close action but we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap that will test our nerve and discipline will count just as much as courage the Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs>